You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Inside Purple and Gold. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani. That's Tom Schreier. It's Tuesday morning. We are recording at around 8.30 a.m., maybe about 12 hours, 10 hours before the storm of the century hits, Tom. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tom was down in Florida covering spring training, and he actually got in yesterday in time for this snowstorm anyone listening in minnesota like you've definitely heard the snowstorm's coming three Mm -hmm. days three waves i think we could see almost two feet of snow um so you're happy you're back for it tom yeah it's uh this is a minority opinion probably but uh i did not rush out of florida to come back for a snowstorm this is a matter of i covered three days of spring training and then i actually drove down to miami to see some of my family was out there and stuff so um try to soak in as much sun as i could try to get as much of the florida experience i will tell you and people probably know this you drive south from fort myers it's great until you hit naples and then there's nothing there is nothing (laughs) after naples there is nothing i mean there's a little city or something between uh, Miami and whatever, like whatever south of Naples. Um, yeah. but not a two and a half hour drive wasn't terrible, but there isn't much going on, uh, there, but yes, I was enjoying the sunshine, came back for the snowstorm. Here's the thing. I do not commute outside of going to Egan for Vikings practices. And then I live about five minutes away from target field and target center. So, uh, because I don't have to commute, I don't mind the snow. I like it. It's shiny and you know, it's better than looking at the gray, whatever. When I left, it was like 40 and raining and it would just freeze overnight that's terrible uh dystopian so i don't know i guess i'm like i'm gonna do the same thing i would do otherwise i sit at my home and edit and write articles so (laughs) record podcasts so you know i was like "Ah, whatever but yes i could have used an extra week in florida it was it was 80 and sunny except for like one day it was 67 and i felt cold and i felt bad (laughs) so (laughs) so that was but i did get up at like so i think it was like 3 34 o'clock a.m there so so like 2 30 a.m here i had a long day yesterday flying back from uh out of Miami, back to Minnesota. So, yeah. Uh, I'm with you, Tom. Like, I think, <clears throat> like, I, the only reason I'm not looking forward to the snowstorm is because of the shoveling. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, as you can attest, as I can attest, as most of the people in this job can attest, like, once the offseason rolls around for, for Vikings, or yeah. you know, I cover the Wild, but and, and you cover the Timberwolves and, and, and all the other sports in the market. But, like, we still kind of have fake jobs. So, like, yeah, 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 yeah. we just get to stay home. Like, it's not like my – roommate who has to go you know no matter what happens tonight and tomorrow we'll have to drive to work at 6 a.m like i'm just yeah. like eh, it's too snowy i'm just gonna stay home today i do i do genuinely feel bad i hope as like remote work becomes i know some people cannot remote work for yeah, yeah. but if you can like i hope that people would give just because it is terrifying and dangerous to 
drive in blizzard conditions but if you have the option i know some people are like two three days in the office right if you have the mm-hmm. option to stay home like i do i like looking outside and seeing the snow i kind of wish we either were like 20 and 30 and then like 70 to 90 you know what i mean i don't like i don't like <laughs> yeah. any other temperatures i don't want i don't want it minus 10 it feels like mars there's teaser temperatures at 50 degrees or whatever i'm like eh, it seems warm and then i'm like it's actually cold though <laughs> yeah so i don't know but yes i could have used extra time the people when i was leaving florida like the the other uh, beat writers from in fort myers were like what are you doing and i'm like well uh it's like 200 a night or something to stay in fort myers because they were devastated by a, a hurricane i think yeah. people remember yeah. that and like so there wasn't a lot of housing and i was like zone coverage is uh we're the a's you know what i mean like you gotta pay for the pop machine you know what i mean so, yeah. yeah so uh so yeah it's like i'm not gonna i can't stay any longer but it was nice to to get a little sunshine in and and uh um yeah this is this is the st- also it's very ridiculous that we had like 30s and 40s that felt kind of warm and then like mm-hmm. minnesota just punishes you anytime you think it, it's like the april snowstorm right you think like hey we're out of the woods we're good and then whoop you know <laughs> you're like back at home exactly well i think we've talked enough about enough weather yes so let's let's jump into the vikings um like we teased last week when we talked about brian flores like pretty much from here on out it's gonna be all off season you know what should the vikings do what shouldn't the vikings do obviously the 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 combine is coming up later this month the draft in a couple of months free agency next month all of those things Um, but i think like every season, and it only it only makes sense to kick off this offseason episode with this, a lot of what the Vikings can do hinges on what they decide to do with Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins is a lightning rod. He is probably the most polarizing player I've covered with the Vikings yeah. um, because you either love him, you hate him, there's really no in-between. But when you look at what the Vikings have in front of them this offseason, go to whatever cap site you want. I use over the cap. They're like 23 plus million dollars in the red. So that's operating right now. They have, they have $23 million that they have to shave away from their salary cap. Also remember they have to give Justin Jefferson the bag this off season. So if you just add like basic math, negative 23, add whatever more money Justin Jefferson's going to get, he's going to get top flight dollar in the receiver market. You got to fix things. You got to move some money around and you have to find a way to free some money up. I, I've, I've tried like heading into this podcast. I tried to figure out how they can do that without extending cousins. And I can't figure it out. Like there, you either have to cut a lot of people. You have to restructure a lot of people and just kick this can down the road one more year. Or you have to just kind of almost accept being bad next year. The only way the Vikings can stay relevant and afford their off season, which is going to be full of, you know, obstacles and hurdles is to extend cousins. So I fully expect them to do that at some point this off season. I think they will. I think one thing to monitor in this situation is the reason why this is like funny money is because there's like void years where you can spread out the caps. So they're literally yes. not paying the player money, but it spreads out because I think the cap is just like a, um, an average of the salary per year so like it, obviously that reduces the average um, I mean there's all sorts of things you can do eventually teams kind of have to reset the cap that's why like um, even going back to like the Patriots I think this is a little bit post Brady like Belichick just said hey we need a year to kind of clean this up and that basically means 
you have to have contracts expire because at, at some point, like you are just, as you said, kicking the can down the road. It's something the Vikings opted to do when Quasi Adapo Menso came in and, and Kevin O'Connell, right? There was an argument, maybe you just burn it down. They kind of build it in their vision. I think they saw a pretty competitive team. No, there's no guarantees. I understand like the excitement of like you get all these draft picks and you watch the players develop and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just if a team has X many pro bowlers, I think they had like eight or seven or something like that. And was capable of winning 13 games. There's no guarantee that like you get back there in three years anyways, even though these, you know, football teams like jet skis, you can kind of turn them around pretty quick. Um, but I think uh, I, I agree with you. Like I, cousins is savvy in this way. Like he makes sure he's taken care of financially. This is not just the sum total of what he's made. This is not just the product of um, being franchised to take twice. And it's certainly not the product of he's not like what you call him baseball like a bonus baby he was not you know he's a fourth round pick he did not get a lot of money guaranteed coming out of michigan state right he was drafted to be a backup um and i think this is part of where his self confidence or like you know i i get the impression he is willing to like he takes tough questions he doesn't really care what's written about him he doesn't really care what people think about him he's the dad the goober the whatever it's because he goes ultimately i get paid you know what i mean (laughs) like i'm fine and so uh you know i think the bigger question is not only do you extend him but would cousins in a more in a better situation right where there's not adversity between the head coach and the quarterback um where o'connell's kind of in his corner where quasi's in his corner does he accept something less than the absolute maximum that he can get he does not have to it is his right he has the leverage to do that because the vikings don't really have another option um but does he take a little less knowing they're going to have to do something with Thielen here? You got, you mentioned Justin Jefferson, you have to pay Hawkinson too, I think, you know what I mean? Yes. Like yep. you're getting close in on that. And we're looking at like 60 million for that. Justin Jefferson, I can't, he's going to make a stupid amount of money, but he also drives winning and should make that amount of money. Um, and so I think that's the bigger question with cousins. You're right. He, he has to be extended. Does he take a little bit less to be like, Hey, I want the weapons around me. I want a good offensive line. And also maybe he believes more that this team can win. You have Flores running the defense now. O'Connell, who's who's seems to be as on board with Cousins as any coach he's ever had. All right. So if we look at this like the over the over the cap, the Vikings are 23 million in the red. Call it 23. It's actually like 23.485. We'll just say 23 for math purposes. Now look at what the top end dollar of, of the receiver market is. Tyreek Hill kind of leads the way with, with $30 million a year, like as a cap hit, right? Yeah. So if you add 30 plus 23, that's $53 million the Vikings have to figure out and find a way. Um, mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins' cap hit right now, $36.25 million. Yeah. The, and, and NFL contracts are so weird, right? Like if you don't, if you're like just a person who follows the NFL on Sundays, the cap will make no sense because you can – like you mentioned void years, you can add guaranteed money here to bring the cap hit down. You can push people out, um, continue to kick the can down the road. Like we said, basically what the Vikings, what I think they're going to do and what it sounds like Tom thinks they're going to do. They're going to just give Kirk a one year extension, right? Mm -hmm. That's going to lower the cap hit from $36.25 million this year to, I mean, that number is still up in the air. It it hinges on what Kirk is, is willing to take. Um, it hinges on the guaranteed money the Vikings are, are willing to give him. But you would essentially extend him out a year, continue to kick the can down the road to lower the cap hit for this year. And if, like we said, just taking into account the dead money or the, the cap overage they have right now, 
the money they're going to need to pay Justin Jefferson, it's over $50 million they have to create. So there's just no way you can do that without going to the person making the most money and saying, all right, let's figure out a way to make this work. If the Vikings did not cut Kirk or if the Vikings did not restructure Kirk Cousins, they would have to cut half their roster. Yeah, I mean, so Cousins is making 16.09% of the cap. Yep. I mean, like yep. other players here, like, I mean, Dylan's at 8.87. That's why we're having a lot of talk about him. Obviously, Brandon Neal's in that eight range. Harrison Smith, Harrison Smith is. Other than that, I mean, you're getting into like 5%. And that, those guys, the Vikings are still looking at, like, do we have to restructure? Because this is just, it's, I mean, this is why Rob Brzezinski is so valued to them, right? He's kind of a wizard. He knows all the rules and he's he's knows how to manipulate the cap. But at yeah. some point, you just can't with a cap figure that high. I think Mahomes, right, was like 12.5 or something. And that was a big deal. Like most teams don't win the Super Bowl with, with a quarterback at that, at that rate. And obviously, because it's not Mahomes, so um yes. so yes <laughs> that's the most obvious thing i could say but you know like they have to um they have to figure out kind of what um not only like what to do with cousins contract but also strategically what's your succession plan and i the way i see it it's like if you're a team tanking or somehow can acquire a top 10 pick that's a grab a quarterback he's got to play right away basically or after a year do you go like later in the first round, second round where you're looking at a one, two year project? Or, I mean, if you look at like Jordan Love, for example, now who knows? There's some argument that the Packers should have cut bait with Rodgers to get out a year ahead of it, right? And maybe Love is ready, although I'm not convinced of that. But it's mm-hmm. like they seem convinced enough now after you've basically burned Love's rookie contract, which is the most valuable contract in sports, that he's ready, right? That's what you're talking when you're talking late first, second. And then as you get third, fourth or whatever, I mean, then you're looking at like Cousins, Dak Prescott, someone who who's going to take a while to incubate. And I think my guess is given, again, they have like four or five picks this year. Um, they are probably looking at like Cousins is kind of long-term, right? That like mm-hmm. he's good enough. And this is what the conversation will get into good enough versus championship caliber, but good enough to hold it down. And then you're kind of working something underneath him, right? Developing a quarterback. I'm, I mean, I think it's insane. I know this year they might not, I think it may not do it after that. I think it's insane not to take a quarterback every year. Like I seriously think you just have to continue because mm-hmm. if Kellen Mond doesn't succeed, maybe the next guy you draft in the second or third round does. Right. So, um, so I don't know. I do. I mean, I think those are the mechanics going into this and I think they're wise to not push it out because also if your cousins, like, I don't know how reasonable pro athletes are, but he has to know in the back of his head, he is not going to be the same player as he is now, as he's kind of passed in his mid thirties, as he would be at 37. And part of me thinks is, is if he gets even that far in Minnesota, he can kind of look at it and go, look, it was tumultuous in Washington. It was when he first got to Minnesota, he may be able to kind of gracefully exit the NFL, it, you know, basically have one year deals, one year's extensions on the way out. So, right. um, so I do think as much as they're not extending out multiple years, they are probably thinking multiple years down the road and running some calculus on like how many quarterbacks basically do we have to draft to get one that's serviceable when he's done knowing they're not bottoming out and trying to get a number three pick and hoping they don't end up with like Sam Darnold. Yeah. So they're not like we've, we've mentioned this in the past. I think we talked a little bit about this week. We've certainly mentioned it in, in past episodes, but like Kirk cousins ensures relevance, right? Like he ensures mm-hmm. that you won't be horrible. Can you win a super bowl with Kirk cousins? I think everything has to go right. And mm-hmm. I, I think the answer is probably no, considering like you said, he takes up 16% of the cap. That being said, 
the fact that he ensures relevance essentially guarantees that like, well, who's the big fish next year? It's Caleb Williams, right? Like everyone mm-hmm. is talking about Caleb Williams from USC. He's going to be the number one pick next year in, in, in next year's NFL draft, barring injury or barring like extreme regression. Kirk Cousins, the fact that he's going to be on the roster, he's under contract this year, and he, we think if he gets extended, will be under contract next year as well. His presence eliminates you from the Caleb Williams conversation, right? So you have to figure out a way. If if you're drafting a quarterback every year, what does that look like? Um, there's a name that's that's popping up this year, Anthony Richardson out of Florida. Yeah, he's seen, he's seen as a project player, has the tools, um, but probably needs a year, maybe two years to, to, for NFL teams to kind of feel what it seems like right now. I mean, things can change with the combine um, interviews, pro days and things, but right now it seems that NFL teams believe that Anthony Richardson could be really, really good, but is going to need some time to cook, to figure out, you know, the, the intricacies of the NFL to, to be ready to be an NFL quarterback. Do the Vikings take him if he's at 23? I don't know. Like, if, if you think he's going to need a year, maybe two, and, and you're extending Kirk anyway, like, that timeline could work. But it's hard when you have needs across the roster. Like, can you really justify taking a quarterback that's not going to play for maybe two years while simultaneously probably angering your starting quarterback? Like, I, I get it. Kirk Cousins is a pro. Like, I don't think he... I, Kirk Cousins was, doesn't strike me as someone who would like necessarily go rogue if, if you took a quarterback, <laughs> but not. he does strike me as someone who would be hurt that you took a quarterback or like offended that you took a quarterback. This is a guy who's had to kind of scrap to work to where he is right now. He was never the the first pick, you know, he was never the first option um, in, in college, Michigan state brought in Nick Foles from, for, you know, Texas kid. Um, yeah. The five-star. Kirk Cousins was seen as like the guy who's not going to play above the five-star Nick Foles, Texas kid in the, in the NFL. He, he you know, he, they, the, the formerly known team as the Redskins, we'll call them the yeah. commanders. Now the Washington football team drafts Robert Griffin III and then drafts Kirk Cousins. He's not the first pick there either. Yeah. He's not the first yeah. option there either. So I think if you took his replacement, which is, I think at some point what's going to happen. Uh, but if you took his replacement, I'm not sure how Kirk Cousins handles that. Um, like I said, don't expect him to pound the table and request a trade, but I don't know if he, how, how well he would handle that from a leadership perspective as far as mentoring the guy. I mean, some of it's just culture, right? Like if yeah. you're, if you're O'Connell, you got to go like, yeah, we, I got to make sure I have a good um, relationship with the quarterback. And I do, again, I think O'Connell likes him. You know what I mean? Like I do yeah. think there was a connection they had in Washington and then last year. Um, I do. I mean, Here's the thing. Cousins welcomed Mond in, right? Now, part of it is maybe he just didn't see any. He's like, I welcome him, man. He's not taking my job. <laughs> but there was some excitement giving. So, obviously, the question with Mond was accuracy, right? But he was a really good athlete. That's why he got trapped in the third round. Right. Um, and I think, at least outwardly, Cousins would be gracious. Mentor, maybe not. But, like, I, you know, I think um, I think he'd handle it professionally, as he does a lot of stuff. Um, I don't thinking big picture like i think of cousins a little like 
Dilfer or Flacco, right? And it's like he would win. Those guys won under perfect circumstances, mm-hmm. right? It was it was this like incredible Baltimore <laughs> defense, and they had enough around them to to move the ball. And in Flacco's case, he really uh, cashed in on that. Yep. Um, to recreate that, right? Because that's what they tried to create in seventeen, and that's why they got that close. And that's kind of what the Zimmer regime chased until you know they they got cleared out. <laughs> I think you'd have to have a situation like, and I don't know if this can happen or if they did this, if anything about it, O'Connell has a really good relationship with Flores. They O'Connell was drafted by new England in 08. And that's when Flores, they hired Flores. Um, and you could see it in that press conference, right? It was, you know, mm-hmm. this is not just, we hired the best guy out there, but mm-hmm. like we hired someone O'Connell knows really well. I'm trying to think how you keep Flores in house, because I believe if you gave Flores time, he could create a great defense, right? He's qualified to be a head coach. Mm-hmm. We know he did a good job in Miami. We know he comes from new England. Who's not only a good defensive team, but kind of creates something out of nothing. Like he didn't need a hundred great draft picks in order to fill out the defense. I wonder if like, if I'm O'Connell in, in the, like at once he kind of went through the initial interview process and made sure they were on the same page, part of me would be like, let's give it a year and see what happens, see what your options are. Mm-hmm. I'd almost make him like an assistant coach and a, and a defense coordinator. Obviously O'Connell can't like make him a head coach. There's no way like a co-head to coach situation yeah. would work, but like you bring him as close as possible sure. to your position. And I think there's this tacit agreement that yes, if, if Tomlin retires and you can go take over the Steelers, go do that. If Belichick retires and you can go take over the Patriots, go do that. But if the Arizonas of the world and like these kind of these organizations that just look really poorly run, obviously he wouldn't go back to Miami, but kind of like that class of team. It's like, instead of jumping for the head coach position, which is more money prestige and maybe even a, even like a segue into another better head coach position, like, what if he just kept him here? Because I think not only that is that ideal, uh, an ideal situation for cousins who, again, I think the only way to win is to like, like Flores has got to be, and I think he will be in Quasi's ear and being like, draft this guy, draft this guy, draft this guy. Right. Um, but also like, um, it just would take a while to kind of fill that out and get to that point. But also that's the best way for like an Anthony Richardson or, or take his name out of it for a second, any project quarterback to come in. Right. Because we know there are good quarterbacks who are drafted high or um, had the time to kind of develop under yeah. someone else who just come into such a bad situation. They cannot succeed. Like physically they're too beat up or they don't have weapons or the offensive line is terrible, or it could be all this, or the defense is terrible. And you're like, sometimes I think the quarterback gets the blame for that. Right. Because you go, well, the quarterback should be able to put up 30 points. And we're like, yeah, but there's like, they never have time of possession. And like, as soon as they score, it's devastating because the other team just runs out there and scores on them again or whatever. Um, and I actually think that more than anything is going to be the Viking success because it gives you success on both levels, right? It gives you success with cousins, right? That he could be Trent Dilfer basically, or it gives you success with the, his successor because he comes in and you go, you just have to operate the offense. I mean, t- truly, I don't think cousins fully understands the offense yet. I did not get that impression. Right. And he was pretty forthcoming with I'm learning it's time on task. Like think of where a rookie quarterback would be. And so, like, if you're West Phillips and O'Connell, you might be like, you only need to know like a quarter of the playbook, and then the defense will keep the game close, right? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so I think um, that's the wild card here is like, could you convince Flores like you have as high of a position as you can have within the organization without being the head coach, and just don't leave us unless one of the premier teams snags you, right? And like, that is such a like is that when you talk about everything has to go right, like that's the position they're in right now, right? And and 
not to circle it back and 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 feel like we're nitpicking at Cousins, but they're they're in that position largely because of his contract, and, yeah. and they're always going to be in that position largely because of his contract. But I don't know what else you do. Like I, I, I've come around on Kirk Cousins this year. I think he's better than I gave him credit for in his first three years with the Vikings. Um, I think in a league where quarterback play or above average quarterback play is very clearly not guaranteed. Um, there is a lot of good quarterbacks in the league and there are a lot of bad quarterbacks in the league. Um, I think Kirk Cousins deserves credit for like we've talked about making relevant each year. But with that cap hit comes the pressure to win a Super Bowl. And and I don't know if you can do it with Kirk Cousins as he is within hit like the player that he is and certainly coupled with the the money he's taking up in the salary cap. That's a long-winded way of saying they're going to extend him. I would honestly be shocked if they did not. Tom. We we should point out because we're they do have to pay Justin Jefferson. They like don't have to do that this year. This is the first year they can. I think he, I think you could have him ride it out. It's just a like cut, or Jefferson will continue to build leverage. You know what yeah. I mean? Unless and, he gets injured and I God forbid, right? But like, um, you, you it, don't you don't have to, but you don't want to screw with that either. Like, yes, you're yeah. you're eligible for an up a contract extension. We want to keep you happy. We want to keep you here. We do not want this to go south and have another Randy Moss situation where, where we're we're left, you know, in the prime of his career, wondering like, what if he he stuck around? So, yeah, but I think it is. No, it's it's exactly it. I mean, it's Randy Moss. It's also how you run your organization, right? The difference is, it's like you can throw that money at like the quarterback money at Burrow, Mahomes, Allen, like a lot of these AFC quarterbacks, right? If Lawrence develops correctly, Lawrence, right? Because yes. they can drive winning for you. You just have to, it's weird. The Vikings have to think of their receiver as the quarterback. Like you throw the money at him because what the hell are the Vikings without Justin Jefferson? Right. And again, it's a little bit, it's, I mean, Jefferson, Jefferson makes more of an impact in my mind, but like, it's a little bit like the Flores thing where like, again, take care of Flores because he could fix the defense for you. Take care of Justin Jefferson because he <clears> helps <throat> cousins. And then he's also going to help his successor, right? Because yeah whether regardless if this happens in a year or three or whatever it is like again if it's anthony richardson or whoever that class of quarterback you walk walk in and like o'connell's probably telling him he's like you're probably gonna throw it to justin jefferson just make sure there's not a safety over there you know you know what i mean and like that's a pretty straightforward instruction we know o'connell can scheme him, him open right he did right. that and like I mean, just the wild card aspect of it too, of like, you know, he was in the backfield a little bit. Again, he's not going to like take a handoff, but like you could use him in screens. You can, I mean, he'll throw the ball, you know what I mean? And it's just like Justin Jefferson also helps quarterback development. And that's just, that's why these guys get paid as much as they do, because like he kind of has a hand in anything on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. And, and where Justin Jefferson's at in his career um, in the same vein of paying him this year, because you want to keep him happy you don't want to take a tremendous step backwards because you want to keep him happy. So another reason, like there are tinfoil hat people out there saying trade cousins, you know, tank for Caleb Williams. Like that's not an option. Like you want to be good this year. You want to try and push the, you know, the narrative forward after probably overachieving last year, but obviously then coming up extremely short in the playoffs. Um, Your superstar is entering his prime. Maybe not even yet, though, because Justin Jefferson is still young. But he's approaching yeah. his prime. Um, you do not want to piss that guy off um, before yeah. he gets there. So, Kirk Cousins, we both believe he will be extended. Um, that 
will certainly be met with, you know, cheers on, on the pro cousin side and booze on you know, the anti cousin side. Is there anyone else, Tom, like when you look at, like, I just had the over the cap in front of me, like, okay. And I have a spot track. We're, we're covering. Yeah, perfect. So you, like you look at, you know, the payroll coming up, there's obvious names out there. Um, I'll throw one out before we, we get into like who to cut, who to trade. Like they're just going to, they're going to restructure Brian O'Neill. He, he makes his cap at numbers 19 this yeah. year. He's one of, if not the best right tackle in the league, they're going to find a way to lower that cap hit while giving themselves more years of Brian O'Neill in the process. Again, like we talked about with Kirk Cousins, in order to lower a cap hit, you basically have to give a guy an extra year and, and, and give them more guaranteed money up front. So the Vikings are going to do that. That's probably going to free up some money, um, get his cap to hit down from 19 to, I don't even know, we'll call it 10. Um, but that could save you some money right away with a player that you're going to keep on your roster that makes sense to to extend. Um, Brian O'Neill is, is still in the very early stages of his career as far as I'm concerned. So that one makes sense. And that's not like in the same vein as what we're about to discuss of like hard decisions you have to make. Um, because there are some people that you're not going to restructure. You're not going to kick the can down the road. You've been doing that for the last five years. There are some people you're going to have to cut this year, or you're going to have to trade, or you're going to have to move on from. Mm-hmm. Um, any of those stand out to you right now? Yeah, so you read about Anil, and that's also kind of the Justin Jefferson principle. He's not as important as Justin Jefferson, but he's good enough at his position. He can kind of pay the premium, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm curious with, you know, we know Zadari Smith, I think his – there's voids in his contract. Now, this is one of those things where you actually have to get into like the capology of this because these contracts are yeah. complicated. Um, but I would keep Zadaria Smith. You just have to figure out what that number is given his injury history. Yep. Harrison Smith's an interesting one because he's so old, like he's old relative for a football player. Like I, you could see signs of decline. I'm willing to believe some of this is Donatel using him incorrectly, yep. right? He should have been near the scrimmage. He should have been used in blitzes. He's not the player he was at 27. I don't think he's cooked by any means. Um, but that's another, like, they may look at something with Harrison Smith. The problem is you don't really, O'Neal, you, you're fine extending in terms of just, like, his prime and all this stuff, right? Like, Harrison Smith, you got to be careful with the guy who's, like, getting into his 30s at the safety position. Mm-hmm. I'm in the, like, let's talk about Dalvin Cook realm right i mean i think some people see him as really special he was an x factor in the sense that like when he could rip off an 80 yard run in buffalo it, it mattered a lot right it was it didn't matter as much as the miracle catch or whatever from justin jefferson but it was a, a you know an important play and he was i think the screen against indianapolis tied the game that they eventually won right this yes historic yep. victory. so i'm not discounting his athleticism or the fact that you can use him in the passing game i think it's more I don't think Kwesi signs him to that extension. You know what I mean? The 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 one he signed a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to see running back as like a lot of people do. We can kind of save at the position. We can we can have multiple kind of Alexander Madison ish players, right? Um, I'm curious, like if Kenny will ever they'll ever use him there, right? He's this good yeah. returner. I, again, I don't think he runs right, routes well, and I don't know how he sees the field. Madison's big issue is he actually doesn't see the field very well, like Cook does. Um, but I think they think they I think they're going to try to get by with multiple running backs. I think it's tough given like Cook still has something in there, right? But I also don't, I just don't see how the Wall Street guy, right, the the guy who thinks kind of that literally 
signs him right it's the super scout it's the it's the spielman who goes man we drafted this guy and he's really good and how the hell do we let him go and so mm-hmm. i mean that's that's i don't know if you have anything more on cook but that's an obvious one to me it, it he he feels like someone i think he has the fourth highest cap hit in the league for running backs yeah. and yes i think quasi is smart enough to understand like running backs don't drive winning in a way that they should take up that much of your cap yeah, yeah. Um, if you just look at some of the contracts, you know, the comparables, if we're looking at cap number, um, I'm again, I'm looking at over the cap cap number. Dalvin's is right around 14. Daniels is 13. Darius is 15. Like both of those guys as pass rushers drive winning more than the running back. Position. Yeah. And I, and I think yeah. Quasi understands that. Um, th- I'm not trying to, I don't want to downgrade Dalvin Cook's impact because he he was a good player. He was a good offensive weapon for the Vikings over the course of the last five years. But running backs are replaceable in the league. The, the Chiefs and and they're the standard because they have Patrick Mahomes. But the Chiefs just won a Super Bowl with with Isaiah Pacheco. He's a seventh round pick out of out of Rutgers. So there are ways to get production out of that position without paying primo dollar for it. Um, because of that, I, I think Dalvin Cook is someone the Vikings take a long, hard look in the mirror this week or this this offseason. I think they just straight up cut him. I think you can save enough yeah. money and justify the dead cap moving forward by cutting him. Um, it doesn't mean he was he wasn't a good player for the Vikings. It's just like these are some of the things that have to happen, um, you know, when you're kind of reckoning with with the cap. Yeah, he's six point two million dead cap. I, I, I mean, the other we're talking about, like the other one to think about is Thielen. Again, I, I do think you have to think through like how this affects fans and that. Again, he, you shouldn't pay him whatever just because he walked on the team and the, the whole yeah. backstory. I do think if you're cutting a cook, you have to convince Cousins there's enough there. You know what I mean? I don't know if it's Thielen or they're convinced like KJ Osborne's the receiver three that Hawkinson's that dynamic. They're paying him obviously that Justin Jefferson's that dynamic. And I think you know if you're if I really think the purpose of the running back, aside from chewing clock and management, is um, is play action. That's just Cousins is, unlike many quarterbacks in the league now, under center, and his shot plays usually come from yeah. um, from play action. There's a lot of studies, and again, you have to be like careful because I do think actually anecdotes, and you should talk to you know coaches about this stuff, but the studies show like you just actually just have to run the play action that enough players just bite on it just because it's kind of the reaction to seeing a ball hovering near a running back right um on a handoff and like if that's really the purpose of it right and you're not you're not counting on like chunk yardage from your running back there's a lot of different running backs that Mm -hmm. serve that purpose right so um i also think o'connell i don't know if he'll do this i think he'd be smart to bring in a coach who really knows the running game right because that's that's kind of the hack right that chanahan found is like you can have whoever because he just knows how to scheme up something when it matters most or whatever. But, mm-hmm. um, but yes, you, I mean, this is why like kind of the feeling discussion matters and the Hawkinson one does the Hawkinson in the sense you have to be right about him. I think they will. I'm bought in. I think Hawkinson's the real deal. I also think he'll get better. He'll be in camp. Like he'll be fully integrated with the team. Um, and conversely, I think you need a third option, right? Cause I don't know if like, they might just not have a receiver too, to be honest, which is a scary proposition, but I don't know if your tight end can be that. I yeah. I can be convinced. Otherwise, I guess you could say Travis Kelsey and, and maybe Hawkinson's in that realm, right? But like, I, just in my mind, you have to have enough there where you're telling Cousins, hey, we're taking away a dynamic player in the backfield, but you have enough in front of you, right? As you look out into the field that it shouldn't matter. Yeah. Only um, other name on this list, and, and 
I think they're going to restructure Thielen. Um, yeah, I think yeah. I think at the end of the day, like the Vikings understand and Thielen understands that he cannot play at a nineteen million dollar cap hit this year. And yeah. I think Th- yeah. Thielen, as proud of a player as he is, um, obviously his wife went on Instagram and mm-hmm. wrote some goodbye messages, and that started a fire that I think has since been put out. But as much as Thielen wants to be a focal point of the offense. I think he understands at the end of the day, like he isn't the player he used to be, and he's not going to get a like this huge exorbitant contract out on mm-hmm. the open market. If, if, if he forces his way out of town. So I think they come to an agreement at some point. I don't think it's necessarily like, I think he'll probably be overpaid in the sense of production next year with what his mm-hmm. cap hits going to carry, but that's just kind of the nature of the beast. I think they're going to find a way to save money there. I kind of think the same way with Harrison Smith. I think they're going to cut Eric Kendricks. It just makes too much sense. There's like zero, there's yeah. like a million dollars of dead money. Um, and Eric Kendricks yeah, is great. Yep. He's like one of, he, he's been a great person to cover. He's obviously been a great player for the Vikings. Um, he's done a lot of good both on and off the field, but it, it's just a business decision at the end of the day, right? Like $1.9 million of dead cap saves you basically 9.5, almost $10 million by just cutting it, by just saying like, that's it. See you later. And you yeah. have someone in Brian Osamoa who I think people are intrigued how he's going to look in the Brian Flores system. Um, it, it's going to be a hard thing to do. Like he has been the face of the defense for a long time. Um I have no idea how Eric Kendricks gets to this offseason without uh, and is still on the roster. Yeah, I this one sucks because I'm with you. Like I just Kendrick's the dude. He, I mean, he thinks a mile a minute. Sometimes it takes him a second to figure yeah. out where he's going. But like yeah. he is, he is. I thought about this when Flores, and obviously Flores was dodging a question a little bit, but like he was uh one of the writers asked him, like, what kind of player are you looking for? And obviously, this is like a how much of this old core are you um gonna inherit? How much of like I know we can't say like a Donatello player, but right, like the the Vic Fangio player, right? How many yeah. of those guys really apply to your defense? Because this is Flores is actually like a whole different animal from from Zimmer and and um, uh, from Fangio, and like he's like I want players who play with joy, and he kind of emphasized that I think in two different responses, and like I can't think of anyone who embodies that more than Eric Kendricks. Like he yeah. just he's almost like and I don't mean this in a bad way. It's like, he has like this childish joy about playing football. You see him come out of the tunnel and he's like dancing around and like, you see him in the huddle. He's just, again, he's like, he's full of energy and like, you know, mm-hmm. I truly loves it. And he is not far removed from like spectacular plays. He had like, I'm trying to remember who it is against. He kind of like came out of nowhere and had a one handed catch. I think this was like two years ago. I remember him riding around on Ben Roethlisberger trying to sack him, right? And like yeah. it was Big Ben, who you know, even a limited player at the end of his career, was hard to tackle, especially for someone Kendrick's size. And him, I asked him afterwards about it. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I love Ben Roethlisberger. He had like this visor, in his tinted visor. It was tight. Just like, <laughs> the joy that he exudes, right? Yes, it's just it's very much him. And like I, I do think you lose a little bit of like the soul of defense if you if you cut him. There is something about like having that guy in the locker room. Um, I felt that way about Anthony Barr, who they, you know, they played together at UCLA. Very different personalities, but kind of, you know, like Barr being stoic and kind of in control, right? And Kendricks being this kind of energizer, right, that these mm-hmm. guys feed off of. Um, I do think he ends up getting cut. I wrote about this, how weird it's going to be that like 
if you're four is you have to gauge like what kind of personalities do I want in the locker room? I do think that matters and how much skill, right? You talk about, yeah. Clasey, you said something about the championship threshold and it just, it is hard to ignore that Kendricks who was like light. I mean, I think Asimo was like super fast, even compared to like other players at his position, but like Kendricks was like kind of lightning fast at one point, again, kind of all over the field. He did look plotting compared to Asimo and maybe it's just unfair to compare like, players of those ages or whatever but and that's and that is to me asamoah's core strength right is that like he can be somewhere in a minute right jordan hicks looked looked uh um slow compared to him too but like i do think you're right and i do think like this is we're just getting to that time right where like eventually Thielen's going to age out kendrick's might be there at some point harrison smith's going to hit that and this is just the changing the tide right and like in some ways, it lasted longer than it could have, right? Quasi could have mm-hmm. come in and said, see ya. Um, and, and instead, you know, has, has just added to it. But I do think something's lost, man. I think they lost something when they lost Anthony Barr last year. And I do think, like, there's something. And having said that, it makes complete logical sense. Like, minimal dead cap. <clears throat> he is slowing down. And a lot of Kendrick's game, he's a smart player. But, like, it's predicated on raw athleticism and this energy. And, again, it just sucks in terms of, like, I can't think of someone better for like younger players to be around because they should enjoy the game like Eric Kendricks does. And like, um, yeah, it's weird. I mean, this is just, this is happening in real time, right? The transition right. is happening and it will happen more rapidly as, you know, Quasi and O'Connell continue to take over. Yeah. Once March rolls around, like all of these theories that we have will be fact, like, right. Like, Yep. I, I think it's going to just be a fact at some point that Eric Kendrick is no longer a, min- a member of the Minnesota Vikings. I, I think if you're the front office and you're looking at Eric Kendricks as a, as a specific, do we cut this guy? All you got to do is look at the playoff game and Brian yeah. Dable and Mike Kafka, like isolated Eric Kendricks against Saquon Barkley and said, yeah. make the play, tackle him. We're going to throw it to in space. It's one versus one versus one on all these, these guys. And it's Kendricks versus Barkley. And we don't think Kendricks can tackle Barkley. And most of the time they were right. And again, it's not a knock on Eric Kendricks. Like a lot, there's a lot of things that went into that game and Donatello's not putting guys in the best position, not mm-hmm. pressuring and not switching up the defense and, and continuing to play the soft shell coverage. But it's just, it's the fact of the matter when, once you get to this part of, of an NFL career, like they're just not what they used to be. They can't do the same things they used to be able to do. Maybe Eric Kendricks can reinvent himself and, and and still stay in the league because, like you said, he's he's 31 and he plays with this sense of joy that I, I think is pretty hard yeah. to replace and, and, and pretty hard to fake. Um, he's someone I think could figure it out, could like find a way to latch on at some place with maybe a contender, um, take a lesser role on the defense. But right now, the Vikings need a face like need him to be the face of the defense, the star of the defense, and he's not that anymore. So. I actually didn't yeah. think Eric Hendricks was going to be the one who we talked the most about in this, but like, it, it makes sense. Like he's like of all the guys that could be cut this, this year, I think he's most likely. And I also think he, he was such a big player for this franchise for so long. If I'm his agent, I go like, give him a year outside of Donatello. I mean, that's kind of the argument I guess I would make yeah. is like, you know, could, could he, uh, but you're going to have to start making these tough decisions i mean it yeah. just kind of is the it's the nature of the nfl not for long all that stuff um it's also just you do have like it's a tight cap you know what i mean it's it's yeah, like it's... for how much the, the money the uh the league makes and it's 
in part because the quarterbacks occupy so much. But, you know, you just – it is not I, – I can't imagine someone in that building dislikes him. I, I could be wrong, but yeah. you know what I mean? That's that's also the nature of just, like, you have to make business decisions. I obviously would hate to see it, but I also totally understand why they would do it. And, like um, – and having said that, then it's time for not only – you talk about, like, Lewis Seen and Booth and – Asamoah and Caleb Evans actually is a guy who has like a great personality, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's not quite Kendrick's, but it's kind of akin to it. Um, but it's time for them then to step up, right? You're talking about yeah, fast, no big hitting players. Um, got to get healthy, got to get on the field, no, learn football. But part of it too, is you have to be they especially on defense. I think you kind of need characters. Um, yeah. and so, you know, it's, we're probably going to learn a lot more about them too, as, as time goes on. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all we got for this episode of Inside Purple and Gold. I mean, we have a ton more to talk about there. Like there's so many moving parts of this offseason. So we'll check back in either later this week or early next week. Um, We're going to hunker down for this snowstorm. So maybe we'll just maybe we'll have nothing to do, Tom, on Thursday and we'll want to hop in and just kind of talk about this. Maybe we'll just do a weather podcast. You know, yeah, yeah. Bring on a meteorologist. Um, talk about you know how long can we expect to be snowed in um but that's all we got for today on inside purple and gold for tom schreier i'm dane mizutani thank you for listening Uh, we will talk to you next time Twenty Four Hundred sports is an odyssey company 